Hey guys, I have got a big treat for you today. I am talking to Ben Hartley from the Six Figure Photography Podcast, and this is a longer episode than usual, only because we had so much good stuff to talk about that we finally had to sort of wind it down. (laughs) So I will definitely be having him back on the podcast sometime in the future. But before we dive in, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. If you are listening to this relatively soon after it drops. So sometime in the summer of 2021, um, or really if you're listening to it anytime, but (laughs) I always find summer is a particularly good time to work on your business. I wanted to invite you to sign up for the simple sales masterclass that I offer for free over on my website at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash simple. If you've been listening for any period of time, you know that the Simple Sales System is the foundation that has provided me with the success that I have achieved and now is serving hundreds of photographers around the world. And it is um, the sort of thing that doesn't really necessarily take a long time to set up in your business, but it does take sort of a concentrated effort. So the reason I'm telling you this now is that if you like me, have your um, work concentrated in the fall, or if you, you know, are in the getting ready for your busy season, now is the perfect time to take the masterclass and consider whether you want to set that up for your business. It is um, changing the income and workflows of hundreds of photographers around the world. So again, that website is this can't be that hard.com slash simple. You just Put in your name and email address, and I will send you a link to the masterclass, which you can watch on your time. So go sign up and enjoy today's interview with Ben. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Hey, Ben, it is so great to finally have you on This Can't Be That Hard. I cannot believe it has taken us this long to get the two podcasts together. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on me. Uh, this is this is something that I'm excited about. I've been, it's like a real treat. Um, so thank you again. I am in all of the Facebook groups that I'm sure your audience is in, all the photography groups, probably that you're in too. And I'm always snooping in those, (laughs) in those groups when people post these questions like, um, Hey, I've got a long drive to California. Does anybody have any great podcast recommendations? And I'm always like, did they say, did they say the six figure photography podcast? Did they say Ben Hartley? And I keep seeing anime. <laughs> this can't be that hard. I keep seeing your name pop up over and over and over. And so I just, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I know you've got an incredible audience, uh, a great community around this podcast. And so thank you for the opportunity. Well, I won't argue with you. It is a great audience, <laughs> but. I will totally second that. Like, I think that sometimes, I mean, I know I do this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, photography and not photography related. And the people on the other side of the microphone really become like celebrities to me, right? You know, Hmm. if I were to bump into, I don't know, Ira Glass to name one that everybody knows (laughs) in in the supermarket, I would be totally, you know, fangirling. But at the end of the day, maybe Ira Glass is beyond this, but I'm totally with you. Like I'm in those Facebook groups being like, do people like my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that is, that is fun. But I've been listening to you for years you know, you've been around for quite a bit longer. So when I was starting this podcast, you were a big inspiration. So yeah, like I said, I can't believe it's taken this long, but here we are. And I know we're going to have a really great conversation um, that will be sort of a melding of the minds today. So before we get started, and I have a lot written down that I want to pick your brain about, but Please. I would love for you to just do a brief introduction about, you know, Ben Hartley, the photographer, Ben Hartley, the educator, and give us kind of a little synopsis of your story. 
Okay. Yeah, this is good. I'll try to get to the point. <laughs> Backstories <laughs> can hard. be fun as long as they serve a purpose. Agreed. Um, so I'll try to have this serve a purpose. I've been a full-time wedding photographer for 11 years. Mm-hmm. That was not the intention. I, I studied oil painting in school. My degree is in like two-dimensional studies, oil painting. And the only reason I know anything about a camera was because... Uh, I needed it to produce my oil paintings. And sure. so I studied light and composition and, um, and color and all this stuff. And, um, and that's really where the emphasis became. Now, it, again, it wasn't my idea to become a wedding photographer either. Somebody else uh, that was very important to me they kind of like breathe it into existence. You know what I mean? Like when someone like speaks something and you're like, oh my goodness, this is now real. And it just at some point started with a breath. I think it's actually fascinating when I think about it, like the things that I have in my life at some point, they were like breathed into existence. And so my wife, we got married the week that she graduated college and we were like, kind of screwed. <laughs> like not really screwed, but like, so let's kind of like stack it against me for a second. So um, we got married the week that she graduated. And so we had like two layers of student debt kind of on top of each other. And again, I was an oil painting major in Ohio. Right. Like the money is not like rolling in right out of college when you're doing that. And, and then as well, um, I was in full-time ministry for a year and I I love the word it this way. It turns out that if you're doing ministry right, it's not the most lucrative thing. And so we were just kind of like trying to figure out life and like what to do and how to make money. And and so we were brainstorming and I'm like, okay, we, I'll get a server job and all this stuff. And then it was Leslie who was like, Ben, you love people and you're decent at making things look good, mm-hmm. why not be a wedding photographer? Oh, that's and, funny. Uh, and so there we go. We were like, all right, we'll, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be wedding photographers. And that's kind of where the, where the, the idea uh, first started. Now, I'm going to share that story because it ties into the education side of things. Mm-hmm. Because that night, that very night that she was like, hey, what about this thing? I was like, okay, maybe you have a family friend who's in portrait photography, a senior portrait photographer. Maybe I'll connect with them and I'll just pick their brain a little bit and just to get an understanding of like, what is this industry like? Who are these crazy people that are photographers? And, and what are they up to? Is this viable? Is this something that I should actually consider? Not to try to like get trade secrets. Or I'm, I'm not even at that point. I'm just oh, yeah. like, I don't know, is this what I want to do? And so I called them up now. Uh, so man, uh, Anami, you, again, I'm sure you've listened to all the podcasts and you've been to all the conferences and you read all the books and you probably have business coaches and mentors and all these things. And same. Uh, and yet to this day, the words that the photographer told me still have been the most inspiring thing. They've been like the driving force. And I, I, I've definitely, um, at least for the first maybe five years of my career, they were the driving force. And so I'm, I'm on the phone with this photographer and I'm pacing back and forth in my little kitchen. Um, that's what I do when I talk. That's what I do too. It's the hardest thing about these podcasts is so that I'm hard. to a mic that's right here on my desk. I know. I'm dialed in. I'm just got to sit here on this yep. thing anyhow. And so I'm pacing and I'm expecting to hear things about liability insurance and maybe get a 70 to 200 and do competitor research. I don't know what I was expecting, but what I heard instead was Ben don't do it. Just because you have a camera doesn't mean you can be a photographer. I get that you are an art major. I get that you make oil paintings, but you can't just like suddenly become a photographer. Everyone keeps doing that and it's just driving the industry down. Right. If you step into this, you're going to keep lowering the industry. And so, the, you know, listen, no judgment on the, on the bloke. I'm sure he's coming from a uh, a certain mindset, a certain basis. He wasn't trying to be a dick. He just happened to be one. <laughs> so, 
But I hung up the phone that night and I was like, babe, we're starting a photography business. Like, let's go. <laughs> For no now, other reason than to prove this guy wrong. <laughs> yep. Like I said, not necessarily like the best of intentions behind the inspiration, but nevertheless, I used it as fuel. And so, um, and so, man, listen, I mean, we built something. I hustled. We tested. We learned. We did everything possible to try to figure out how on earth to get clients and how to get better at our craft. Um, I don't think there was a day that I was not photographing something. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and so we really built something quickly and it was awesome. It was great. It was great for, for Leslie and myself and for our clients, but the, in the back of my mind, the ringing sound of that photographer's voice saying you will only bring the industry down was like, uh, and so the podcast actually started as a way for me to bring the industry up. Now I started the podcast seven years ago. And at that point, you know, we were doing six figures and it was good, but other people are doing so many other bigger things. And I figured, well, how about I just interview other amazing experts and just bring their knowledge to you know, the community. And so I did that for a while. And then at some point after doing that for a few years, I was like, I think I have something to say. Yeah. And so now I, I, um, I, uh, I have a mastermind group. Uh, it's free, uh, for photographers and I'm, I do free coaching in that, um, every week. Um, there's been stretches on me where I've done free coaching every day for wow. two years. <laughs> that uh, is, now I'm down uh, to three days a week because I got babies. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow, that's like maybe the broad sweeping kind of points of the journey. Well, I love that. And I hear so much of my own story, ver- different version of my own story. And I think that what I am hearing from you is that at heart, you have kind of that entrepreneurial mind. You have that drive that's like, huh, how can we solve this puzzle? How can we make this work? And photography just happened to be your entry point. And then you've sort of followed that path. Now, I didn't start out to be an entrepreneur and I was in healthcare, but I was very quickly hitting a wall where I was like, this isn't what I want to do when I grow up, even though I'm 30 and I'm, most people would say I'm grown up. (laughs) At that point, I had two kids and it was, you know, the whole thing. So I I was having this crisis of like, uh uh-oh, I better figure this out. And it was, I mean, I took photos as a, as a hobby. I enjoyed it. Um, it was fun. And it, that seed was planted in my head where it was like, you know, there's a career path for that. And I was mm. like, no, oh, wait. <laughs> and then, and then like the gloves were off. I was, uh, you know, ready to go. But it, similarly, I had somebody tell me many years in your, well, just to give my people probably know this story, but I was getting divorced and the divorce attorney turns to me after we were reviewing my budget and they were like, so are you going to go back to your other job? And I was like, what? (laughs) How dare you? And I immediately was like, I got to figure this out and turn this into something that scales to take care of my family. So I sometimes think that that challenge can be leveraged for good. It can be turned into a call to action. You do a lot of coaching. And so I'm curious to know what you think stands between most photographers and success. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Are you feeling stuck in your photography business? If you're bogged down or burned out or unsure what the next right step is, you're not alone. I've been there and I know firsthand that quicksand feeling where the harder you struggle, the more stuck you feel, which is why I created the Photographer's Business Plan Glow Up. The Glow Up is a five-part workshop designed specifically for photographers like you. In the Glow Up, I lead you step-by-step through a process that will help you clarify your goals, identify the sticking points that are holding you back, get inspired by some of the systems and strategies that are working today in the photography industry, and then create a completely custom roadmap to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. It truly is a glow up for your business. Getting perspective can be nearly impossible when you've got your nose to the grindstone day in and day out. So this short workshop is an opportunity to reset, reevaluate, and rejuvenate your business, and it's all on demand. If that sounds like exactly what you need right now, Click the link in the show notes or go to go.thiscan'tbethathard.com slash glow to get started today. Yeah, their brain, their mind, the thing between their ears, their beliefs. 
man, so many photographers, y'all know what to do. <laughs> and I, and it, you might be thinking, no, I don't. I'm like, ah, well, it's, it's all, it's man. Yeah. It's just the beliefs that we hold the way that we, we think about ourselves and what we can do and what we deserve and what we don't deserve and what we think other people deserve. It's just like, there's so many stories that are just stewing up here that, um, that are controlling the ship. And so, yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I asked that question thinking that that might be your answer, knowing you and knowing the mm. way that you think. But I also asked that question because we were both given this kind of like, don't do it. You're screwed. You're not going to be able to make it. Um, and used that to uh, drive potential you know, success, as it turns out. And I think a lot of photographers hear even small versions of that kind of doubt from other people. And they, they like, instead of pushing that, you know, using that to propel themselves, they almost hold onto it and let it sink them like an anchor. And I think that, mm. that has a lot to do with that mindset. So I'd love to hear from you a little bit. I know you do coaching and remind me it's called, is it transformational coaching? Transformational coaching. Yeah. But I'm curious to hear just a little bit about like what the, and we don't have to get too, too into it, but like what the push is there. Are you, is that transformation sort of helping people get past their own mindset and mindset blocks? Absolutely. There's a really great quote. I, I forget. Uh, I don't even know who says it and I'll probably botch it right now, but the idea is that change uh, can happen instantly. Like transformation can happen instantly. This is mm -hmm. the really powerful thing about transformational coaching. It can happen in an instant. It's just the decision to transform. It's the decision to change that can sometimes take a lifetime. Um, there's nothing magic about it. There's no, there's no woo <laughs> mm -hmm. in, in what I do or in, in any transformational coach, in my opinion, I think it's just the, what I try to do is, is just uh, stand with people like to actually commit myself to what they say they want mm -hmm. and to just have their back and to hold them accountable to what they say that they want. And then to just get really curious about everything that's showing up in their life, all the results that they're getting, just get really curious about that. And so maybe even on that note, if your response, as you heard my story, if your response in your own brain was like that, <laughs> I would have been out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would have been like, not, I would have been like, well, I'm not doing this. I would have felt really defeated. That would have put me into, you know, a spiral. I just get really curious about, um, about that, about why that might be and what emotions are connected to that and, and what needs aren't being met. And, and just, again, I think curiosity is like really the key to beginning to reverse engineer the results that we're getting in our life. Do you happen to be a Ted Lasso fan? I know you're I love Ted. <laughs> <laughs> that line, be curious, not judgmental, has become yeah. like sacrosanct in my household. We say that all the time. My kids are older. I have an 11 and a 15 year old. So there's a lot of judgmental, you know, happening sure. uh, at times. And we we lean on Ted as our as our guide for that. So I love that you bring up curiosity. I think it is one of the most underrated qualities in human beings, but mm. in um, entrepreneurs in particular, keeping your eyes open and staying curious mm. about what people are talking about, what people are looking for, what the subtext is of, you know, when they call you and say, I want pictures, like, what do they really want from you? Mm. And being able to meet them there is one of the absolute keys to success. So well, and even to not be judgmental, I love what you said with the Ted Lasso quote, because I think a lot of us, not only do we think to ourselves, maybe like, oh, that's not how I would have responded. I would have, you know, I would have really just put me in a bad place. And then the very next step is we judge ourselves for feeling that way. Yeah. Well, I'm not like Ben, I'm a piece of shit. I'm whatever it is. Right. I'm not a real entrepreneur. I'll never make. And so then the judgment comes in and instead of like, what if that wasn't bad? Like, what if it wasn't bad that that was your response? Like that the innate response you had was one of like, oh, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. What if we got curious about where that comes from and what maybe is going on and why that exists? Maybe it's not bad that it exists. Maybe it served a purpose at some point. Um, let's get curious about what purpose that could have served. And it's interesting when we can start to like resolve those things like, oh, that's not bad. That was actually helping me for some reason. I wonder if it's still helping me. We yeah. can start to like... 
take control of it, you know, have more control over those biases than they have over us. And so anyhow, uh, man, now we're off to the races here to start. <laughs> I know, but it's true. And even the awareness that that is your instinct is to respond in a particular way, because it, you're absolutely right. Sometimes those things serve us and sometimes they don't. So yeah. as we start to notice them and be aware of them, that really gives us control <laughs> over what's going on and how our reactions are serving us or not. Yeah. But real quick, just to yeah. connect this is where we're going today, by the way, yeah. this will be important because there's this great Voltaire quote. He says, judge a man by his questions, not his answers. And that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about getting curious and, and the transformation side of things. And we're just talking about question asking. And even today, we're going to talk about getting clients and and uh, some different strategies behind it. But the area that I want to get to today is less of here's the answer for you. <laughs> this is like exactly what to do step-by-step step and all this stuff. But I'd, I'd rather ask some questions and invite even the audience into asking themselves some questions when it comes to their marketing strategies. Because man, y'all are brilliant. You, your listeners have so many ideas that I haven't even like come up with. I've never thought of. I've never considered the possibility. Not only that, but like you've got people who are doing like you're, you're probably doing uh, pet photography. You've got like boudoir photographers, uh, equine, equine. How do you yep. say the horse photography? Yeah, I always uh-huh. <laughs> I wrestle with that one. Horse but anyhow, <laughs> you've got all these different niches that they're gonna have different ways to get clients. And so rather than me trying to give, here's the one thing to always get clients, I'd rather give you guys questions to ask. And this maybe just ties back to the curiosity thing and the question asking kind of side of stuff. And so just to try to connect some dots here. No. (laughs) And I, I appreciate that you're doing that out loud in my head. These things are all super connected. Um, So I'm glad that you put words to that for other people who may think that I am off on a tangent (laughs) way down the road. Um, (laughs) But let's let's dive into that. We're here. Let's go ahead and start talking a little bit about the ever-present uh, puzzle that is marketing. You teach a class on marketing, um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I love the approach that you take, which really is comes from a position of curiosity. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So... Let's first kind of address the problem that we have. And like the the big problem is like, okay, we need money. We need clients. <laughs> we need people who yep. are hiring us for our products and our services. Um, this is like the, the big question that everybody has. Like I, I bet if I could, if I could, uh, this is, this would be a terrifying thing for your audience to imagine right now, but if I could see your Google search history, <laughs> okay. I will get past all the other stuff. And then I'm sure somewhere in there is how do I get clients? How to sure. market my photography business? How to run Facebook ads? How to do whatever it is, right? Yep. <laughs> oh man, my heart is just like, oh my goodness, he's not <laughs> actually... Look, wait, hold on. <laughs> clear my cash, clear my cash. And so what we need is we, as, as, we're, as we're thinking about our marketing, um, man, we're, we have so many hats, don't we? Uh, we're like the photographer, we're the copywriter, we're a web designer, we're the editor, we're the receptionist, we're the salesperson, we're, we're all these things. And we've somehow got to figure out how to market our business. And so what we need is we need for our time to go farther, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we're going to spend time on something to get new clients in the door, we need that time to go farther. But we also need our marketing dollars to go farther because I don't know, if you're like me, but like, especially when I just started off, like, man, I'm trying to figure out how to afford new equipment. I'm trying to figure out how to afford all this software, uh, contracts, all of these things. And then on top of it, I've got to figure out how to make my marketing dollars actually work for me. Mm-hmm. And so um, chain reaction marketing is kind of like the, the, the term that I would use to describe what we're going to talk about today. And this is this is something that you can use to make your dollars go farther, to make your time go farther, to really supercharge any current marketing strategy that you already have. Okay. And so um, feel free to stop and interrupt me at any point. Sure. Me. But so what is chain reaction marketing? Well, I think to, to start, let's start by can I share my number one rule of marketing? This is my uh, this is my number one rule. Okay, 
I'm not going to wait for you to give me permission. I was going to say no, just to see. <laughs> I know you were. I just knew. It. I saw the look in your eye. I'm like, she's going to tell me no. Okay. So Ben's number one rule of marketing is this. If the marketing effort is one dimensional. Okay. If, and I'll explain what I even mean by that. If the marketing okay. effort is one dimensional, it's either inefficient and you shouldn't do it <laughs> mm-hmm. or far more likely it just hasn't been thoroughly thought through. Okay. So when I say the marketing effort being one-dimensional, um, uh, a one-dimensional marketing effort, like imagine just like a, 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 a book that's like sitting upright and you topple the book over. Okay. It's like a one-dimensional, it's a unilateral move. Uh, I coach photographers. I've been doing it for seven years. And, and the thing that I keep hearing is like, y'all are doing the right things. You're doing so much. It's like, Ben, I'm doing uh, Facebook ads and I'm doing reels and I'm doing TikTok and I got SEO going and I'm posting blogs. And uh, I, again, all of the things yeah. that you're doing to market business. I'm, I've got vendor relationships and um, word of mouth. And as I tend to get behind the curtain a little bit of the business, what I keep noticing over and over and over is so many of these marketing efforts are one-dimensional, meaning they're like disconnected. It's like, well, I'm going to do a bridal show here, and then I'm going to build relationships with vendors here, and then I'm going to run Facebook ads here. And if you could kind of visualize this, it's like a whole bunch of dominoes that are like separated just a little bit too much. Yep. And when one falls over, it's just kind of like a quiet little tink. <laughs> and, then, and then we're panicked because we need to do more. And so we knock over another one, tink. And, and then we're panicked because we don't have time. And so we knock over another one. And what I want to see happen and what I tend to work with photographers is how do we link these marketing efforts together? to create a chain reaction. And the best visual I can give for you uh, is one that's like, I'd love to go back in time to see the first example of this ever given, but I, I see it happen in comedies and in cartoons a lot. And so uh, I'm going to set the scene here. The, 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 the kind of comedic character, uh, they walk into a museum and, and, it, and it cuts to a shot of like all of these like super rare, fragile artifacts in the museum. And in the center of the museum, it's like a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, bone structure, right? Yep. And you already know where this is going. Yep. And they're kind of like clumsy and they like trip. And they almost fall into the dinosaur bone, but then they catch themselves. But then out of their pocket, like a penny falls and then the penny rolls and it knocks over a cup. And then the cup knocks over a book. And then the book knocks over a vase. And then the vase knocks over a pillar. And then the pillar knocks over a a suit of armor. And then the suit of armor, you get this, you know, and then boom, boom, boom. And it keeps toppling. And eventually the, the suit of armor, you know, knocks into the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the whole thing comes tumbling down. That's what you want to have happen with your marketing. That would be chain reaction marketing. And what happens is it is an exponential thing. It's, it's this, that little penny eventually knocks over the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Essentially, it's a transfer of energy, but it's that toppling effect. And so if we can do that, then our money is going to go so much further and our time is going to go so much further. And eventually we're going to hit this kind of like critical mass with our marketing where when the Tyrannosaurus Rex falls, what that looks like in your business is like, man, you're booked out. Not only are you booked out, but you're booked out at like the top, you know, for me. uh, And I get that there's wedding photographers who are (laughs) at such a higher level. For me, that's like um, our average before we do print sales is 9,400. Then we do another 3,000 with print on top of it. And so 12,400 is where I want to be booked out for 2022. The dinosaur has fallen and I'm in a great position. right? Right. I'm going to stop talking. No, I, and I didn't interrupt you because I was completely following where you were going. And it's that it's such, that's such a great way to explain it because, you know, it's like being in first gear on a bicycle. It's important. You have to do that first little bit of work, but the idea is that eventually you're able to change gears and not do that much work to go Mm -hmm. that far and change Mm -hmm. gears up again. So it's, it's a similar kind of a thing. So I, absolutely love all of that. 
But my question to you is, <laughs> so how do you get there? How do you go from all the little dominoes separated on the table, just too, a little bit too far that, you know, they're not knocking each other down. What questions are you asking? What curious thought process are yeah. you following to design a domino effect that will serve your business? Yeah. Well, even on that note, I want to first encourage your listeners right now that like my guess is like all the things that they're doing, they probably don't need to make like that big of an adjustment. Like mm -hmm. you're already doing so much work. And if we can just adjust a couple things, if we could just dial it in a little bit more, if we could just think it through a little bit more thoroughly, mm -hmm. then that's all it takes. Um, I think a lot of times probably marketers, <laughs> photography educators yeah. have gotten you to buy in or believe that there is some secret juju that you need to do this thing. And when you do it, it's going to be the domino that's going to knock over the Tyrannosaurus Rex and all your problems will be fixed. In all reality, you're probably doing pretty much all the right air quotes, all the right marketing efforts. It's just, we just need to adjust how you're showing up in them and how you can connect them. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I want to just pause and underline something that you're saying, because one of the mistakes when it comes to marketing that I see a lot of photographers make, and that like, I'll raise my hand, I have totally made before, is it feels like something isn't working, or I'm not getting the results that I want. So instead of tweaking, I just like wipe the table clean and start over with new dominoes. And yes. what you're pointing out about making small adjustments and really questioning what okay, how can I move this just a little bit so that you're not doing all that work over and over and starting from scratch? Um, I think that that is a really important thing because we do have very limited time resources mm. as usually solopreneurs um, and wearing all these hats that it is, it is an extreme waste of our resources and our energy to try and like start build and then restart and rebuild over and over again. But it's yeah. something you see all the time. And it tends to leave photographers a little bit. How do I put this? Uh, um, I'm not sure what the right word is. I don't know, maybe you can help me find the word. No, it's not like bitter. It's not resentful. It, it's like um, they've almost, they, they've made up their mind about certain things. Yeah. There's like this. a fatalism there. Yes. It's like, well, so, you know, I'll coach drivers and I'll be like, well, okay. So let's talk about this thing X and they'll be like, Oh, I've already done X. X didn't work. Didn't, for work. Me. didn't work. I'm like, well, maybe it's cause you messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like we were like, yeah. well, and I've seen this all the time again, wedding photographer here with bridal shows. Yeah. I've man, bridal shows have gotten such a bad rap for just being like, well, that's only where budget brides are. That's where your new photographers are. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Your ideal client can't be found there. They're not there. And, I, and so there's this narrative that kind of goes on and I've discovered, and I believe, I believe that by the way, I, I have believed that I should say in the past, um, until I started to consider what else could be just as true, if not more true. Like what if, uh, I was just doing them wrong. <laughs> I was like, what if it was my fault? <laughs> and I've changed the way that we do brow shows now. And, and now my average, I expect anytime I do a show is to walk away with about 70,000 in sales with amazing clients. And it's very possible. Um, but it's just a, it's just a kind of a, 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 a tangible idea of how we try something. It doesn't work. And so we file it away as that. And then what happens is, you know, uh, we do that over and over. And eventually we're just kind of like, and, and I feel so, um, it's such a sad thing to me when I see a photographer who just says, no, I've done everything and it didn't work. I'm giving up. And, and yep. they, they just throw in the towel, Agreed. you know, man, again, just to encourage them. It's not a groundbreaking thing. It's not like this thing is going to completely blow your mind. It never is <laughs> truly. It's always the subtleties yep. anyhow. So, okay. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about some of these questions. I think the biggest question that, and, and probably the biggest thing is we want to make sure that we're knocking over the right dinosaur bones. <laughs> I'm going to keep using this analogy. That's good. I like it. Because the other thing that I tend to coach photographers with is they've knocked over this giant uh, set of dinosaur bones. It just wasn't the Tyrannosaurus Rex. It was right. like a Brachiosaurus. <laughs> I don't Any even Jurassic know the dinosaurs Park fans? now. They're all new. <laughs> When I was it's a cool. kid, it was like these five dinosaurs, and now there's like a million, and I don't know any. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's like Triceratops, T Rex, anyhow. So, but they've knocked over the wrong dinosaur bone. Now they're looking at their life and they're like, 
they've built this business that now is a prison because they were just going for more clients and more of this and more of that. And they never stopped uh, to consider like, what am I building? What is this actually moving me towards? Mm-hmm. I want to be traveling. I don't want to be doing weddings. I don't want to be stuck in Ohio. I want to be going around the world and, and doing other things. <laughs> yep. And so I think the first question that, um, that you should ask yourself is um, how can I use this marketing strategy, whatever it is, right? So right now, let's, let's imagine you probably need clients. You're thinking about something to do. You're going to spend some time or money on it, whatever that is. Maybe it's uh, meeting with vendors to give them vouchers for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it is a community, uh, uh, not a raffle, but uh, a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. You know, so how can I use that to move my business closer to the vision that I have for my life. Um, because if you don't ask that, you're going to find yourself face-to-face with a business coach being like, hey, I, I want to start photographing elopements and my whole year is booked out here in Ohio or whatever the, or whatever the thing is. And so then you're trying to like uh, move against the grain. But what if we were to just like pr- keep moving ourselves closer and t- closer to what we actually want, right? Mm-hmm. And it's such a basic question, isn't it? But if we actually stop to consider these Facebook ads I'm about to run, all right? So I want to get some more wedding clients for 2022 and I'm going to run some Facebook ads and maybe I'm going to do a giveaway. How could I use this giveaway? By the way, I'm just making up examples. These aren't sure. like, <laughs> so whether or not you believe in giveaways, it's fine. How could I use this giveaway? Uh, to get wedding clients in 2022, how could I use this to move me closer to the vision that I have for my business and my life? Well, it, you probably need to figure out what your vision is for your business and your life. And I think that'd probably be the very first thing before you do any marketing effort, try to figure out what are you, what are you trying to build? What is mm-hmm. the life that you're trying to design for yourself? Because man, you can design your life. I don't think you realize that because you're so concerned about getting clients that the scarcity is just driving you towards, I need more clients, I need more money, but pause because before you want more clients and more money, let's consider what is the life that you want to build? What is this thing that you want to design? I've made that mistake uh, already probably three times. <laughs> yeah. I just like woke up one day and I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always impressed when I, d- I mean, I am now in my early forties. And I feel like it has taken me close to this long to get to a place where I really have a handle on that. That's the point. Whereas for so long, I was doing a lot of things well, but they weren't necessarily serving me or my goals. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like checking the boxes. So I 100% agree with you that if you start with your why start with what's the goal here, what are we actually trying to get to? And that not only can be different for different people, it should be different for different people. Like you're living your best life is not me living my best life, right? We have different visions for that. Probably. I I guess I don't know. We could talk about it, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but that, you know, the, there are as many goals out there as there are people. And so, you know, it's really easy to look around and see other, some, somebody else's version of success and start walking toward that mountain. And like, you may find yourself halfway there being like, uh, this isn't, I'm getting no joy from this. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes, um, it becomes far more motivating for, for myself. I'll, I'll just speak to myself here right now. I'm far more motivated um, with my choices and my actions and my determination when it's not just money behind the seat. hundred like percent. Right. Yep. When the goal isn't more money, but the goal is how do I uh, figure out a way to take my daughter to school and drop her off every day, just so I can spend that little bit of time with her in the morning and just ask her some questions and connect with her. Yeah. Like what if that were the goal, not necessarily more money or what if the goal, I mean, man, for some people, the goal, what if the goal is like to leave a toxic relationship or to step mm-hmm. away from something? Yeah. And I think right. what people lose sight of is the fact that money is not the goal. Those things are the goal. Money is just like mm-hmm. the oil in the gears, right? It just helps yeah often, sometimes it defeats that, but oftentimes that's the means to achieve certain things. If you have to work three jobs, you may not be able to take your daughter to school in the morning because you're already at work. So yeah, it is, it is a means to an end. It shouldn't be the end unto itself. 
Yep. The goal is say no. What if I just wanted to say no for once in my life? Like yeah. <laughs> so when someone contacts me, I was like, no, I don't need that. I don't Thanks need so that much. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the other questions? Okay. That- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. So other questions. I think one of the, the first ones that I'm always asking myself is, listen, we are a, a, a we are a local service business, right? Like this is what we do. We're in our local market. And so because of that, the more that you can get connected with your local industry, your local community, the better, mm-hmm. the absolute better. And I think we've discovered that in after 2020, that we are in an island that like I've seen the businesses that have survived this thing, a lot of them, they they supported each other. They came together uh, to support each other. And so who else can I partner with? What other business, what other individual can I partner with in this marketing effort? Is there mm-hmm. any possible way I could partner with someone to make it a success? How could I do that? Right. And if you spend five to 10 minutes just really thinking about that, man, who can I partner with this? Who are the relationships that I already have that I could bring into this? But also, man, I don't have any relationships. What if you just started and you're like, Ben, I don't know nobody. Perfect. How could you use this marketing effort to introduce and to start new relationships, mm-hmm. right? To bring into this. Um, I think that can be a really powerful question. That question alone, if you were to do every single marketing effort with a partnership, with a relationship in a meaningful and intentional way, already your effort is going to be exponentially multiplied. Yeah. Right. And the really cool thing about that too, is like when the marketing effort is done, when it's over, when it's expired or whatever it is, that relationship continues, right? And that relationship continues to serve you, continues to serve them. This sometimes can go hand in hand with that last question, but I always also am trying to ask myself, okay, how can I move this marketing effort uh, out from behind my screen? Okay. So maybe I'm doing uh, some sort of Instagram contest and I'm trying to gain a bunch of followers, uh, or maybe I'm trying to build a Facebook group, you know, and I'm doing a giveaway with that or some sort of contest. Is there any way that I can move even that effort out from behind the screen? How could I do that? Is that possible? Yep. What could I do? Um, and when I say out from behind the screen, maybe, and I know with COVID times, I, I think we're starting to move past that, um, where people are meeting in person a bit more, depending on what, <laughs> where you're at in the country, yep. but, um, maybe I shouldn't say past it, but like, we're starting to see a little bit of light. Um, maybe when I say move out from behind the screen, maybe it just means, uh, at the very least, like showing up like air quotes in person, mm-hmm. like where you you're like right now, actually, I, I feel like in a way we're as close to in person as we're going to get right now. I mean, yeah. right? Like I'm seeing you on screen. We're connecting in this way and it's different than just an email and it's different than just a DM. Um, and so how could you do that for anything that you're doing? Get out from behind the screen and get more in person. And maybe that means a phone call. Maybe that means a voice message. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means a video message. Um, okay. Well, and thinking about opportunities that are going to, I mean, I think that that can go hand in hand with like differentiating yourself, right? Because yeah. so many photographers specifically, but just business people in general, service providers, small service providers, we do, we get really comfortable behind the screen, right? It's very easy to like put your pretty picture up on Instagram and then respond to the comments that come in. It's very passive. When somebody DMs you and you respond to them with an, even something as simple as a voice message where you're, you know, leaving them audio instead, like that's different. It, it registers it diff- as different and it humanizes you. And I think that that human connection has always been super important, but has never been more important than now because it's harder to achieve. Yeah. I think the core behind that is like for anyone who's like, yeah, but that's scary. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's why it's valuable. Yeah. It's why it helps you stand out too. Yes. It's like, you. yeah, it's scary. It's like, you're going to need to be vulnerable, which is exactly why it is valuable. It's because it's vulnerable. It's, it's, it's connection. It's opening yourself up. Um, and when you get to do that with people and they see that, that is received as value. There's and man, oh, now we're going off into a value conversation. I won't, I won't derail this, by the way. But like everyone wants to know, like, how do I provide more value? How do I raise my prices? Like, what is this thing called value? And I think we need to uh consider 
the uh, outside, pretty much we need to consider uh, all the other possibilities outside of functional value. Mm -hmm. Photographers love functional value. Well, I'm going to get it to them faster and they're going to get more images. But what about the intrinsic value? What about esteem and love and belonging? And and we can go into Maslow's hierarchy of needs here, but... (laughs) Um, you got to keep me on track here. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that it is back to your point about vulnerability. How in the world can we expect someone to fork over $12,000 and, um, you know, nine hours of time on their wedding day spent in a room with their new spouse and you like, that's a ton of vulnerability on their part. If we're not willing to make a phone call, like how can we ask that of them? Yeah. So I 100%, yeah. And just as much for boudoir photographers, these incredibly intimate moments, incredibly Mm -hmm. vulnerable, uh, newborn photographers, you have a very small window of time um, that you're going to be delivering this. Man, even even when it's getting into like larger family photography, it's like, hell, if I'm going to try to wrangle my three kids to like go to some damn park for 20 minutes, like <laughs> like even that, and you're, you're going to see all the chaos ensue. Um, and even something as simple as that most of our clients don't feel 100% confident in their ability to look great on camera. So they're trusting you to give them these images that they're hoping for. They're hiring you without being able to see the the outcome until after the fact. So, you know, there's even a level of vulnerability there. I think that we, because we do it all the time, because we are making photos all the time, of course, it's important to get on the other side of the camera sometimes to remind yourself of what that feels like. But even still, just remembering how hard it is for some people to conceive of having their photos made, even if they want to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, When, uh, you know, I got three little ones here and, um, when it comes uh, or or came time for us to, we were looking for, um, like a nanny for a period of time, even a babysitter, like, uh, I'm not having you watch my kids unless we can connect over the phone or in person. Like it's not, it's not happening. (laughs) There's no, there's nothing, there's no possible message that you could ever send me that's going to say, yeah, go take care of my three uh, souls over here. Um, <laughs> like, right. and then some, that, that's like a, just another analogy of just like where people are at, even with their, um, with these moments that they're after. Yeah. This is awesome. So let's recap. This first question is really like, what's the goal? What is my tyr- Tyrannosaurus Rex? I can't even yeah, say Yeah. What's it. my vision for my what's life? My vision? What would be success in my book. Number two is how is my marketing effort going to lead me to that? Yes. Like let's map out the dot to dot. Yes. And that third one is how can I get out from behind my screen? So Uh, before that, um, is there anybody else? Is there any of the businesses that I can partner with to make this successful? I love it. How can I do this? Not alone. How can I make sure that when I go to launch this thing, when this giveaway happens, that it's not just me on the internet talking about it. And, you know, that those don't always have to be, I feel like we sort of touched on maybe other businesses or, you know, vendor partners, things like that. Those can also be your former clients or your current clients, your, you know, your roster of people who have worked with you. So those are all such great questions and they really are the foundation of good marketing. I think Mm-hmm. People want a magic solution to like all of a sudden have great clients showing up in their inbox all the time. And the truth of the matter is it's not, but it can be done in an efficient way if you're strategic about it. So those questions are, are awesome. And there's a bunch more questions. I don't know if we have time for them today, but I just wanted to also encourage again, your audience right now that like you're brilliant and it's it makes sense, by the way, if you haven't like gone through and just taken the time to answer some of these things, because again, you're being pulled in so many directions, your time is so limited, and it almost feels like to just even do a giveaway at all feels like a huge amount of effort or to, whatever that marketing effort is. Sure. To run a Facebook ad at all feels like, oh my goodness, I did that thing. And you almost just want to wash your hands clean of it, right? It makes sense that you feel that way. Um, it's just my plea and my invitation to to just even if you just blocked off on a calendar, you start your morning off just 30 minutes and just start, just answer these questions. If you can just brainstorm and try to answer these questions, even just a few that we've done today, um, it'll make that effort so much stronger. Okay. That's awesome. 
So I'm going to, we'll just, I'm going to give you one more, one more question. And it's, it's a, it's another one that's like, yeah, of course, duh. (laughs) So SEO, search engine optimization, ranking organically on Google is also one of those things that like, uh, I feel like as a creative, I myself have, have like over complicated it. I've, I've, I've like kind of catastrophized the whole thing until someday I'm like, okay, I'm going to do SEO. And then I go and I hire somebody for way too much money. And then <laughs> I don't know if anybody relates to this, uh, this sure. kind of story, but SEO is a long-term game. And if you could just simply ask yourself, whatever marketing effort you're going to do this week or this month, how can I leverage this for my long-term SEO? Is there some way that I could make sure that I optimize this in a way that allows me to show up on Google. Maybe not today, maybe not next week, but it's going to be another little stone. It's another chip away. Um, And so uh, that's just another one. Uh, How can you turn, literally, you could turn anything that you do into a blog post. (laughs) and so, yeah, just to document that, is it, how could you how could you leverage this for for long term SEO? Okay, well, there's a series more questions, but we'll have to talk again. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to do this again. That would be great. I I know I feel like you are one of those people out there in the industry who has not only really cracked a lot of these mysteries in your own business, but you've taken the time to kind of put them together in a way that is um, able to be shared. And so I just want to close by saying a thank you for that, because I do think that our industry, the sweet little industry that it is needs, uh, needs all of the support that it can get. And so I love having you out there in the world, giving it Ben, tell people where they can find you and where they can find out more information about your, your new class. Yeah. So uh, if you'd like to just learn more from me and you're still skeptical, (laughs) uh, come and join my mastermind group. It's a Facebook group. If you just go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, benhartley.com, H-A-R-T-L-E-Y forward slash mastermind. Um, There's 17,000 photographers there. Uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 3 p.m. EST, I do free coaching in that group. And then pretty much I'm always just talking about like whatever's on my mind as I'm growing my own business. I'm like, hey, yeah. this is what I'm working on. And it's just a way for me to show up for the community so they can see somebody else out there is, is working. And so you can too. <laughs> and that'll give you a little bit more exposure to me. But the course that I have is called Book Solid. And what Book Solid is, is it's the playbook. It's kind of like um, it goes beyond just these questions, and it really then shows photographers how to take all of the things and link them all together. And it is, it's a 12-month content calendar for your marketing. So like, it's literally, it's, it's kind of big, <laughs> but it's like, hey, it's July. What should I be doing to get more clients? And how do I make sure that as I'm doing this, it's benefiting the other marketing efforts that I have, right? And so at any point, you know, I just, I remember being a photographer and being like, I know I need clients, but I just don't know what to do. I feel like I need to do everything. But 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 what is it? Yep. And so this is kind of like the full layout of what that is. So it's called Book Solid. If you go to benhartley.com forward slash booked, you can learn more about the course there. Awesome. Well, I will obviously have all of that linked in the show notes as well. But Ben, it has been a pleasure and I look forward to round two sometime in the near-ish future. We'll have to continue the conversation. Lovely. Yeah. And, uh, and I can't wait to have you over on the Six Figure Photography Podcast and, and excited to discover what we chat about there. Love it. Okay. Well, good. I'm looking forward to it as well. I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Annemie. All right. It. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.